Welcome to Alter Your Comics Presents. I'm Alex. I'm Laura. And I'm Jared. And happy week before St. Patrick's Day. Or day before the week before. I don't know. St. Patrick's Day is next week. And we decided to go with, uh, what is it? Irish or green and or lucky characters or comic book anything and everything. We figured one of those categories was not enough for a discussion. So we're like, well, we'll just combine them all together. And go from there and see what happens. And still somehow not have a good discussion. And still somehow try to have a discussion. <laughs> the quality may vary depending on your personal yeah. Yeah. So, with that hype train of enthusiasm, <laughs> uh, who would like to go first? Of a green, Irish, or lucky person, character, or and or thing? Okay. I will go first because one of mine is very is going to be very short because I don't know much about the character. And when I Googled it, it didn't pop up a whole lot of hits. Um, it's a character called Hazard. I'm going with a lucky category right now from DC Comics. And it, I was first introduced to this character on the Flash TV show. So that's where my knowledge is really coming from. Uh, she's a character that can manipulate probability. So she can make herself lucky or make things unlucky. Uh, she can cause good luck for others or cause accidents for others. So the first time I saw her, she was uh, robbing a bank by literally walking in. And as she walked by, someone started choking. Uh, someone spilled coffee on a keyboard. And people were just looking at those other things happening. So she walked right into the vault, picked up money, walked out. So the flash is right on her heels and a... Just happened to be a barrel full of marbles dumps onto the highway and he slips right on him and falls on his face. So, <laughs> so yeah, that person can manipulate um, probability and just control luck for her. Yeah, she's a lucky person, be it so. good or, and or bad. Yeah. Um, I don't know much about her in the comics. I think she was part of the Injustice Society at one time. <clears throat> She exists. Uh, yeah, she exists. I think she's a very, very minor DC Comics character. So why the Flash show went with her? I mean, it was a good episode. I really enjoyed it. And that's, you know, she popped to the forefront of my mind when we first decided this category. So, Well, and with the good thing with TV shows, you can go into more obscure, more random characters. Like, oh, yeah. no one really knows this character, but hey, we can have fun with it at least for one episode. Yeah. Yep. And they did. It was a good episode. Good thing they didn't make a movie out of it. Yes. I don't think I'd want to see a movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Laura, would you like to go next or would you like me to go next? I guess I could follow along with the luck theme because I immediately thought of the black cat when I thought about luck. I'd say she sounds like a little bit, Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. This is DC's, uh, DC ripped this one off probably. We'll go with that. Although they always say that uh, Marvel ripped the black cat off of DC from Catwoman. But, oh, shoot, I should have written down... There was a whole story on Wikipedia about, like, the origin for, I think it was Marv Wolfman or something like that. I forget who the guy was that originally wrote this, and it's not on the cover. Um, but there was some other comic that he got the inspiration for this character from, and it was not Catwoman. But looking back, he's like, I can totally see why people thought I thought of Catwoman. But yeah, the, the first appearance of the Black Cat was in Amazing Spider-Man number 194, and... Side, more side tangent. I found out this comic is worth like $50, and I didn't even realize. It's like, where did it come from? How much did I actually spend? I'm sure I did not spend $50 on this, but thought that was exciting. And I also realized that 
I always thought at first that the black cat always had the bad luck powers, but according to Wikipedia, she was given those later on by the kingpin. At first, she's just a gymnast. She's trying to free her father, Walter Hardy, from jail, and she's just using her natural talents, kind of like a Batman sort of physique kind of thing going on. And she, in this issue too, she recruits Dr. Boris Corpse, who is also in her gang now, and I didn't realize that he'd been with her from the beginning now. So I thought that was a cool callback. But yeah, some, something came up that she was able to go to the Kingpin and say, hey, you made powers for the Scorpion and these other characters. I want you to do that for me. And he sort of tricked her and gave her the bad luck powers too because he knew that she was dealing with Spider-Man. He's like, oh, I can sneak this Trojan horse in to affect Spider-Man's life. And so that's part of why, at least for one of these story arcs, she and Spider-Man break up as a romantic in involvement because she was bringing so much bad luck and she figured out why. And so she left Spider-Man. So I thought that was a cool twist to her power that I didn't realize that she didn't always have power over her luck. And now Spider-Man's immune to her bad luck, isn't it? Isn't he? Probably. I think there's I'm sure they were at kind of Yeah, I think they did something where, oh, he's <laughs> immune to her bad luck. I don't know why or how other than they hooked up, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that uh, she didn't have her powers originally. Yeah, neither did I. I thought that was so, just the thing that, that she always had. Neat. yeah. All right, so I guess I'll go next, um, and I'll go with a lucky character as well, I suppose, since that's what we're going with the first one. Uh, you set the bar, so congratulations. Uh, mine is going to be Domino from uh, the X-Men fame. Uh, it's, her alter ego name is Nina Thurman, or yeah, Nina Thurman. Uh, she first appeared in New Mutants 98, sort of. So that's also the first appearance of Deadpool. But I, I say sort of because it turned out that that was not a true Domino. That was uh, the character called Copycat. And her first real appearance was X-Force number eight and was a cameo. And then the full, full appearance was X-Force number 11. And that was in 92, so a year later was when she first really appeared. Although, I don't know, that's kind of cop-out. Like, oh, this is all a fake the entire time, but here's the real one that looks identical. And like, eh. I feel like they were just trying to retcon that because whatever. But uh, she was in the Deadpool 2 movie where she did lucky things and unlucky things to some people, and depending on point of view. Uh, she's been in a bunch of X-Men books, the X-Men, X-Force... Six Pack, which is a terrible name, but whatever. Weapon X, and yeah, she's still hanging around. I believe she's in the current X-Force stuff where her luck, she uses luck to do things. Her official psych or mutant ability is subconscious telekinetic probability manipulation, a.k.a. it's luck ability. I mean, <laughs> I like how they like, well, this is the real, the quote, science behind her abilities. It's, oh, it's telekinesis. No, it's just luck-based, just... Quit trying to make it sound more impressive than what it is. It's a comic book. Just call it luck. Right. They, they had to they had to quote science it out, I guess, of like, yeah. well, what is the real source of your power? It can't just be random luck. Okay, uh, telekinesis. Well, but you're not really control over it. So subconscious telekinesis. Uh, yeah. I think yeah. they haven't learned enough about quantum mechanics and how that is all like random luck probability shit. Too. Right. Sometimes just... <laughs> Luck is just a fudge number. Like, all right, we're just going to throw in luck as in quotations. We'll just use that as a, eh, there's something going on. We Who cares? We'll just go with it. And it works out for the math. But. There you go. Yep. And uh, she was one of my favorite characters in the Deadpool 2 movie. Yeah. She was awesome. 
All right, so, so Jared, who's number two on okay. your list or next on your list? Not Let's in any order. go with uh, green characters. Uh, I went with Beast Boy uh, from the Teen Titans fame. Uh, his parents were geneticists who traveled jungles to study wildlife, and Logan always traveled with them, and he was once bitten by a green monkey. So he basically fell really ill from the di- uh, from the bite and was getting ready to die, and his parents were working to save him, so they, you know, genetically manipulated him. Tried a vaccine, uh, completely untested, and he was basically their, their test subject. Either he was going to die or they injected him with this serum. He was going to die no matter what. Exactly. So, so might as well try it out. So they did end up saving him, but they turned his skin green. And his hair. So he had to deal with that, being green his whole life, and he was able to change into animals. So later, he, after his parents were killed in a boating accident, he joined the Doom Patrol. And he had a pretty good stint there, um, not real long, but he later joined the Teen Titans, and he's been an integral part of the Teen Titans ever since. I'd say I definitely think he's best known for the Teen Titans. Yeah. And that's not only because of the TV show, but the comics as well. Oh, like, yeah. He's like, oh, he's, especially his sarcasm humor like oh he definitely seems like a snotty teenage kid like oh just yeah <laughs> goofing around and everything yep he fit really well in the new new teen titans run back in the 80s so th- he's been a mainstay since all right laura who's next for you um my green character i went back to the green lantern and green arrow although i guess what i mainly was going to talk about was their ward speedy who isn't green but oh well We'll go with it anyway. Um, The main reason I ever bought Green Lantern and Green Arrow was there was some course I took that was talking about like pivotal moments in comics and how comics are important to us and they teach us about our history and like they're, they're important. Like they're awesome. And the issue that we were assigned to read was called Snowbirds Don't Fly. It's number 85. And it was one of the first issues of comics to discuss drug addiction and speedy they find out is addicted to heroin and i remember being really offended when i read this i mean obviously a lot of people get offended by drugs but what got me was that the first thing the green arrow did when he found out that speedy was an addict was slap him and say get out of here he didn't try to help him or anything and like not very heroic yeah i was like this is what green Arrow is about, like, what the crap? And the rest of the story goes through how Speedy ends up with some woman, I forget what her name was, but then he also gets a hold of the Green Lantern, and the woman and the Lantern help him through, like, his withdrawal, and he gets better, and Green Arrow the whole time is just going after, I guess he is kind of helping by going for the root cause. He tries to find the dealer who sold him the heroin and put get him off the street, so I guess... He wasn't completely off base, but you might want to help your friend first and then worry about the yeah, source. It was definitely not the best yeah. way to handle that. Like, no. Yeah, and then in the end, Speedy ends up slapping Green Arrow right back and is like, now you feel some of the pain that I just went through and you were no help and blah, blah, blah. And the guy's like, oh, I'm so touched that. And he's like crying and he's like, oh, my boy became a man. And I'm like, no thanks to you. Yeah. Like, it was kind of a bad issue yeah, in my mind. But At least it was a bad issue yeah. for Green Arrow. Yeah. Which I guess that was kind of the point. Like, drugs are bad, okay, and all that. And another, like, side tangent. Sorry, everything I talk about is a tangent. 
Part of why they were able to release this under the Comics Authority Code was because, like, shortly beforehand, the Spider-Man issues where Harry Osborn was going through drug addiction, um, Amazing Spider-Man 96 through 98, those were released against the code, like they didn't put the stamp on it. And after that, the code was like, well, maybe we should reconsider what we will and won't allow. And so that let the Green Lantern and Green Arrow print this with the stamp of approval on it. Yeah, that was the, definitely the beginning of the downfall of the Comics Code Authority. Like, oh, wait, I mean, we don't actually have to do anything for you guys? And we can still print stuff and no big deal? No one cares? Well, screw it then. We don't need you guys at all. We'll do whatever we want. I don't think it wasn't necessarily that no one cared, but it, like it almost made it more interesting. Like, it's oh. a, a big newsworthy event that everyone's like, oh, they did what they weren't supposed to do anyway. I mean, yes, but I'm saying the big picture of the Comics Code Authority. Like, that was definitely past the, oh, we need to monitor this because basically at that point, television happened and people stopped caring about what we're, what we're putting <laughs> in comics. Like, oh, TV's a worse influence. We don't care about this. And, like, comic book industry was like, well, if it, there's no penalty for not having your seal of approval, then screw it. We're not going to pay you to raid our stuff. We'll just raid it ourselves and go from there. So that was the, that was a brief history of the Comics Code Authority. Yeah. I did not know all that. At least I'm pretty sure that's mostly how it went of like, oh, we just stopped using them because, oh, well. Uh, moving on for me, uh, my green character. All right. If I say the green guy, who do you think of? Hulk. So I went with She-Hulk. <laughs> uh, so my green character is She-Hulk. Because, um, yeah, why not? We think green. I, I thought of Hulk. I was like, well, that's too obvious. I didn't know if you guys would pick Hulk or not. So I was like, well, I'll just go with She-Hulk because that one's a lot less likely. Um, she first appeared in Savage She-Hulk number one, which is like, boy, they really printed that one just to like, all right, here's a brand new character. Not even trying to uh, tease her in Incredible Hulk or anything, just in her own book. She was shot while out and about with, while visiting Bruce Banner and like, got yeah, rushed to the hospital and she needed a blood transfusion. They didn't have any that were her type, except for Bruce. He was there. So he's like, well, okay, I guess. Gave her a blood transfusion. He's like, oh, by the way, <laughs> I'm also the Hulk. And that blood may be an issue for you. We'll see. And, of course, it was an issue where she got angry and turned into green and hulky and ragey. And she turned into the She-Hulk. Really lame name. I'm like, oh, She-Hulk. But whatever. But yeah, it was really cool that she had her own series. And she's actually getting, I believe it is a Disney Plus TV series. I think so. Uh, coming soon. So I was like, oh, new series coming up. It's somewhat topical, I guess. So She-Hulk is my green character that I chose for this. And yeah. Did you notice, was she still a lawyer back then or does she get her degree later? I think she was a lawyer back then, but okay. I'm not positive. I, I'll be honest, I don't know a whole lot about She-Hulk, but yeah, she's a lawyer and... Uh, usually she would actually be, she'd practice law as She-Hulk. She she could actually control her transformation for the most part. And she would like, all right, I'll walk around as green the entire time because that's a more intimidating lawyer pose, which admittedly, if I was going against her in court, I'd be like, yeah, I don't want to mess with the Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care if she's the real Hulk's cousin. I don't care. I'm not messing with her. And yeah, she was, she stayed green um, while practicing law. And then the last couple of years, they kind of made her more Hulk-like, where she lost control of her transformation, where she's actually, she speaks like Hulk now, instead of, like, herself. Uh, Susan, or Jennifer Walters is her real name. I forgot to, if I mentioned that part or not. But, 
yeah, so she she now is more of a savage She-Hulk. So that's my green character, She-Hulk. Jared, what is the last one? All on right, list? so the Irish category. I went with a character called Shamrock, and I just did it by Googling. I don't know <laughs> what this character at all. So uh, she was created in 1982's Marvel Superhero Contest of Champions. Uh, her name's Molly Fitzgerald, and she is the daughter of an Irish Republican Army militant who uh, kind of became like a vessel for uh, souls of innocent people who were killed in war. So Shamrock's power is to use those souls to affect probability for fractions of a second, and it can cause good luck for her and her allies or bad luck for her enemies. Um, the way... I'm not really sure how it exactly happens and everything because it talked to talked about her parents being militants, but that I really didn't read anything else beyond that. So I don't have much backstory on that. But later she joined Shield, and later she retired and is a hairdresser. Last seen running a bar in New York City in the comics. Nice. Happily so, ever after. <laughs> yeah. I, don't know much about this character, but it was intriguing just Googling Irish characters, and she came up, and I, I like the name Shamrock. Yeah. Except that's... for Google had it wrong at times. They're talking, oh, the fabled uh, four-leaf clover is the Shamrock. I'm like, no, the Shamrock is a three-leaf, right. you know? Mm. So. Come on, Internet. Yeah, Don't let us internet down. failed me. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'll be honest. I didn't even know if it was Marvel, DC, or who. I was like, I have no clue who this character is. Yeah. <laughs> so yep. good deep cut, I guess. Yeah. So I couldn't tell you where she's showed up in any other comics, but I mean, at this point, we talked about before we started recording, like how anything can be in everything. Like, yeah. who knows what they may end up using for? All right, here's a side character for this that we'll just get rid of, or who knows? I mean, yeah, the sky's the limit. I'm still want Stiltman to be in a TV show and or movie, though. <laughs> Stiltman for entertainment purposes. Stiltman or bust. Stiltman or bust. Not Lady Stiltman, Stiltman. I think we can do a, a stilt duo, I guess, but still. All right. <laughs> I think that Lady Stiltman and Stiltman should fight Hulk and She-Hulk. I think that's the double team up we need. Or they should fight Spider-Man and Spider-Man, Miles and Peter. Okay. I'm cool with all that, too. Anybody, really. Yeah. <laughs> just I just want to see a fight. Man. I just want to see CGI Stiltman. That's, and then, like, really? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see that explanation. All right, Laura, who's the last one on your list? Um, the last real one I'll go with. Um, Will Sliney is actually an artist for Marvel, and he came up when I searched Marvel artists who are Irish because <laughs> that was the the keyword search I chose. But it was really cool because, or, or sorry, I also had Spider Man in there. That's why he came up. Um, he did Spider Man two thousand ninety nine back in two thousand fourteen. And I thought that was awesome because I love Spider-Man. And he also did Superior Foes, Superior Spider-Man, Superior Team-Up. When you guys were talking about how the internet can fail you, it said he did Access Hobgoblin. And I dug out my issues and looked, and he's not in the credits page. So I don't <laughs> know if I trust Wikipedia for that accuracy. But Maybe just, it was yeah. an alternate universe that the internet bled through and multiverse. I, I yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that was another thing I was having trouble with. It was like, okay, are these characters in 616? Are they here? Are they there? Because originally, also, I wanted to find out more information about um, 
Spider-Man 2099's dad is George O'Hara. And I was like, oh, that's an Irish character. But there were like three blurbs about what he did. Like apparently the one issue I own is like everything about his life history. (laughs) (laughs) Just that one issue. Yeah. Because he was just a side character in the 2099 series. Shoot, how many issues was that the first time? I think it was less than a hundred, so there wasn't there wasn't a lot going on, and Miguel didn't get along with his dad, so they didn't talk about him a lot. Um, but also, Will Sliney came first to America drawing comics for Farscape, which is a TV series that a lot of people don't know about, but it is kind of famous. They compare yeah. Farscape to Stargate. There's always that competition of which one's better. Really? Yeah. Farscape. Ooh. <laughs> get out. <laughs> You're going to start a fight with that one. <laughs> We're in a Stargate house here. <laughs> I've never seen Farscape, though. It got canceled. Yeah, see? Farscape was good, but I don't know. Yeah, I was watching it until I think whatever service we were on stopped hosting it. And I was like, it got canceled again. What the crap? But one more thing before I get completely off topic. Um, Will Sliney, um, during the early stages of COVID... He actually started a really cool movement called Hashtag We Will Draw and YouTube Art Lessons. And it was to help people who were at home with their kids so that they could give their kids something fun to do. And he would like teach them how to draw Pikachu or a bunch of Pokemon was what it really focused on. But I think they did other Marvel characters as well. And I thought that was a really nice thing that he put together to help bring together people during the pandemic. So that is pretty neat. All right, I guess that means I'm next with my final person on my list. Uh, it is Siren, a.k.a. Banshee, a.k.a. Teresa Rourke. Uh, she is the second character to play the, uh, or the second person to be the superhero named Banshee. Her dad was the original Banshee, where she can fly, she can scream. Uh, it's a sonic scream, though, not just a regular scream. And that's how she flies, is she screams loud enough that it bounces off the earth or surface or water whatever thing is below her and her suit catches the sound waves and she can fly off of that they're really stretching for that one science is strong on that yeah it's really (laughs) messed up with that one but um, it could be possible but she also has hypnosis too with her voice like a like the sirens of mythic lore and stuff so that's why originally she was siren but then when her dad died she took the name banshee and then basically copied his suit and like all right well i'm just new banshee and uh, she's been in a whole bunch of X-Men stuff, uh, X-Factor, X-Force, X-Corporation, Muir Island X-Men, and Fallen Angels. Um, yeah, she's Irish. She can fly and scream, and she's of the original, the Banshee of the Irish lore. Um, so, has anyone noticed what my theme was for my three picks? X-Men. Okay, I was going to say. No, no she you Hulk had She-Hulk. Hulk. That's right. Female? Uh, Yes. Yeah. Okay, that was good. Female, be because this was oh. Women's History Month, oh. and Monday was International Women's Day. So I did a twofer with this one of Irish <laughs> stuff and St. Patrick's Day stuff and Women's History, and I did a twofer on that one. Pretty sneaky snooze. Good sis. one. So that was my fun little Easter egg for <laughs> those of you that were paying attention beforehand. Yeah, I had two females and Beast Boy. Yeah. Old Garfield Logan. <laughs> And, right. Oh, I guess I had one female. First thing I was going to say, I did all boys here. but I mean, mine were all Marvel, though, too. So you could have said Marvel. Like, well, sort of. Yeah, but <laughs> that wasn't the intent. <laughs> all right. So with that, we'll move on to our comic books, honorable mentions, and picks of the week. These are books that came out 
Wednesday, March 10th, Mario Day, M-A-R-1-0 of 2021. And who would like to go first with honorable mentions? I'm thinking Laura can go first this time. Yay. Like how, did you like how I asked who should go first? <laughs> Laura should. Yeah, you're you're really good at asking questions that are actually statements. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's that, that way I don't sound so jerky. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just heavily implying. It's a suggestion for you to go first. That's all. There may be a plan later. That's why I want you to go first. Ooh, I do like plans. Um, I think that my honorable mention is going to be nonstop Spider-Man number one. I do apologize, though. I didn't actually finish it. But what I wanted to mention it for was that the artist, when I'm looking at it and I was just kind of leafing through it, like it immediately screamed Doctor Strange to me. And it turns out that... Where's that Scott Bakalo. Yeah, that guy, Scott Bakalo. He is from Doctor Strange recently. Um, nope, I didn't write down the year. But then also on the second page, there's like a little blip and it's uh, Doctor Strange and oh, I forgot her name. It starts with a Z, the librarian who's been his assistant for like the last couple years. They're blurbed in the issue and I thought that was really cute that they had a little cameo. That's the right word. So yeah, I really don't know what else was happening. It's definitely nonstop for the first seven pages as far as I made it. And I'm curious to see where it's going to go. But it, I know Alex was not super excited It about reminds me of the movie Crank, but in a comic book where it's just action, mm -hmm. action, 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 nonstop yeah. in Spider-Man. Oh, and I guess another side point, there was a alternate die cut issue that you could order as well. And Very we thought common. it was, oh yeah, that's it. We thought it was funny that it came with like a protector over the die cut. I've never seen a die cut have that protection. Yeah, it said like, hey, this is a, <laughs> what does it say? This is a collector's uh, no cover or something. Yeah. I wonder if that has to do with like a no prize kind of thing too. Like if that's the reference they were making. Possibly. But yeah, when we first got it, I was like, wait, wait, this isn't, okay. It's not actually stapled to the cover and it's not supposed to be stapled to the cover. Mm-hmm. But you know everyone's going to save it with the book anyway. I'm going to. So, all right. So, nonstop Spider-Man. Yep. Honorable mention for ah. Doctor Strange. <laughs> <laughs> and the art and Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. All right, Jared. Who is who or what is your honorable mention? Okay, my honorable mention is Batman Urban Legends. Uh, this had multiple stories in it, but the one that really stood out to me was the Red Hood uh, story arc where he finds this homeless kid, or not, maybe not homeless. He finds, okay, so side note, my honorable mention is also Batman Urban Legends. Oh no, uh, he finds her when uh, he's kind of investigating something, and his mom has had an overdose and didn't make it, so he kind of adopts this kid and is trying to track down his dad to get the kid to his dad. There's a new drug on the street that is like the Joker toxin, but yeah. you're not loud, screaming, laughing. You're just like super, like, I don't know, it's like a, oh, what kind Constant of... Constant chuckle. You, well, you, like a euphoric. Like, you actually are happy yeah. with everything. It's like it's like ecstasy, I guess, uh, with that puts the Joker smile on your face. Yeah, but uh, don't want to give any spoilers away, but uh, Red Hood goes through trying to track down this kid. Um, it does have a couple flashbacks with some conversations with Bruce and Alfred and uh, things like that with Jason Todd. But the main story arc, man, that it was powerful. It was really deep. Well, and 
it shows a lot of Jason's his upbringing and yeah. him being raised by Bruce yep. and how it affected him. And he's like, well, I mean, I was an orphan and then he adopted me. And this kid's an orphan effectively now. Yeah. So, what you know, he's like, I'm not prepared to be a dad at all. And what struck me odd with that one, with this part, was like it shows that, yes, him and Bruce are still on like a, oh, uh, Bruce kicked me out because I kill people and blah, blah, blah. Like, but he's always done that. And, but they've still gotten back together and be friends or whatever. So, like, why is Bruce, again, like, oh, we can't be friends with him. He he murders people. Like, you've right. known this forever now. Yep. And it's against Bruce's code. I mean, it's, he's not going to break his code for anybody, pretty much. And... Yeah, but he has before, repeatedly, to have him to bring him back in the family. Yeah. It just... Maybe it's a while you're actively killing people. You, I don't, I don't like you. But as soon as you reform your ways and do rubber bullets, then we can be friends again. I, it seems kind of hypocrisy. They're like a bit of a hypocrisy for him, but that's yeah, that's Bruce. Yeah, um, they do have a story arc with the Grifter, also, and it ends on a pretty good cliff note. Um, he or runs. Cliffhanger. Or yeah, cliff. What I say, cliff, cliff note. note yeah. yeah, cliffhanger. Sorry, but uh, yeah. Um, he has a run-in with Mr. Freeze's wife, Nora Freeze, and the ending is a bit of a cliffhanger for that. So that was pretty interesting. I'm, I'd like to see where they go from there. Um, there is a middle story arc with There's Harley a, Quinn and uh, Poison, Poison Ivy. Ivy. And I would really like that one just to yeah. show their relationship of how it has soured over time. And Yeah. And there's one last story with the Outsiders, um, Black Lightning and Katana. Katana, thank yep. you. So yeah, there's a whole lot of story in this one book. Yeah, I mean it's it's worth it. It's pretty thick. I mean, it's an eight dollar book, so it is a little more expensive. Ooh. But there's a lot of content. There's a lot to of content this. to it. There's looks like two, two of the four stories are continued on in the upcoming issues: the Batman and Red Hood, and then the uh, Mister Freeze yeah. and Grifter storyline. Yep, not a big fan of Grifter. Yeah, I but don't care for Grifter. It was a decent story in this. I mean, if they keep writing in like this, I might start caring. You know. Yeah, and the fact that, hey, there's four issues here, it's all Batman, like, or Batman family-related yeah. stuff, that it's it's really good and definitely worth checking out. It is technically my pick of the week at the store, but that's okay, because my, my pick of the week for this podcast is also my honorable mention for the store, slash, it is Mark's pick of the week at the store, so. <laughs> all right, oh, so I guess... I have a question, quick. Um, In the Batman stories... When they're continuing the next issues, are they all in Batman or what are some? I believe of them? it will be. I believe Batman: Urban Legends is a new series. So oh, so it'll be continued in itself. Right. I think it's okay. going to be a mini series. I don't think it's a full on ongoing, but I don't know for sure. Okay. Um, but yeah, it will be in Batman: Urban Legends issue two was where it should continue on in. Okay. All right. So that is Jared and I's honorable mention. So that means Laura, what is your pick of the week? Is it to me already? Okay. Because yep, we did it too um, far that one. Oh, that's how you cheated, because I was like, I didn't remember you saying, but... Okay. Yep, that's why I wanted you to go first, because like, I knew we were going to double up. <laughs> I think that my pick of the week is Proctor Valley Road, number one. I didn't write a whole lot about it, though. It's basically these four girls are in a small town, and they're trying to save and earn money to go to a Janis Joplin concert. And the things they're doing, and the schemes they're pulling, and the things they're looking into to get these funds are interesting and get the story rolling and they're not all you know. the most above board some yeah. of them are yeah it was like at a time when 
I almost want to say like morals were a little looser. It was flower power era. They were smoking and drinking and stuff like that. And yeah, it's it's interesting. Oh, and there was I think it's okay to mention, yeah, it's set in the seventies. Sorry. Going through my notes and not actually reading what I wrote. Um, it turns into there's a mention that there could be people who are trying to dodge the draft and these girls get pulled into finding out, well, did these other people intend to do that or what is what is the real story of what's going on here? So I thought I am curious to find out what happens next. I'm not sure if I'll actually grab the next issue. We'll see. It might what be a little worth have. reading and trade. It's yeah. definitely a mystery horror to see uh, what's going on with these people, what's going on with this town even. Mm-hmm. Um, what happened to the the supposed draft dodgers? Did they actually dodge the draft and go up to Canada, or did something nefarious happen? Um, it's definitely not for, I guess, yeah, it's a horror book, so you have to be careful with that. It's not super horrific, like not all, I don't know, I've, I've read worse, I should say. but Yeah, this first one wasn't scary, but I think that it might get there. Well, it seems like it's a gore horror also not necessarily a scary like jump scare sort of thing reminds me of, like saw <laughs> like oh it's a, it's more of a gory thing than a actual scary thing this makes me wonder if i'm so used to blood and gore that i just <laughs> didn't even notice it it's possible <laughs> <laughs> but all right jared what is your pick of the week okay my pick of the week was star wars number 12 operation starlight reflections of the lost uh get a little bit more backstory with the sequel movies in this um well, not backstory for the sequel movies, but for a character. Um, Poe Dameron. Yeah. We can say it. Yeah, Poe Dameron. It has, it has his mean, dad in it. It has his parents. I mean, the whole series has had his parents in it. Yeah. But uh, it has Princess Leia kind of sitting there uh, on just a random deck looking out a window of a spaceship. And he walks in and is talking to her about his family. And it's set right after Empire Strikes Back or shortly after. To- so Han Solo is frozen in carbonite. And missing at this and point. Missing. They don't even know where he's at. Right. So they're talking, and uh, he tells uh, stories about his family, how him and his wife met. Uh, great backstory. There's a little hologram of baby yeah. Poe. A little baby Poe's in there. He's just a Poe boy. Yeah. He's just a Poe boy. Okay. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he, she starts to tell him a story about how Han Solo saved the rebel base on Hoth. Because there was a reactor getting ready to blow up because it wasn't working right. It wasn't cold certified. Yes, basically. it wasn't cold certified. We're so. on an ice planet, the coldest planet we know. <laughs> All right, let's have a, a thing that's not certified for coldness. Yes, and it's the Rebel. I mean, they even mention in this issue how it's basically spare wire and spare parts just barely holding things together and everything. So uh, they're basically – it's going to uh, – the reactor of that uh, – generator is going to blow and just basically nuke the whole place and she talks about how he saved them and how they were going to evacuate if they couldn't get it saved or they did evacuate there. well they did evacuate but permanently evacuate yeah. abandoned yeah they abandoned it for the time being and because he wasn't sure if he was going to fix it or not so but yeah it was a great story it's really a one shot you can if you're not reading the star wars main series you can pick this up as a one shot yeah you can definitely read this one by itself and not be worried about the story because it was i wish more books were written like this like oh maybe the middle of the series but it's self-contained you don't need oh to yeah before after that yep and it was just so good the writing it felt like princess leia and han solo from the movies 
Well, and especially how they portrayed Han, she even said, like, yeah, he's a smuggler. He tries, you know, the smugglers, they always try to portray a hard shell, like, we're tough guys. But realistically, he actually cares about all this. Right. And it helped explain why, yeah, in A New Hope, he was a scoundrel and a smuggler that he didn't really care about nothing. But, well, why did he stick around the other two movies? Well, this is why, because he actually yeah. did care and just didn't want to show off and uh, like for he saved their base on Hoth and he didn't want to take credit he was like no don't tell anybody about this because that's bad for my reputation if yeah. people know I care because <laughs> they said Poe's dad was there also and he's like I knew we had abandoned the base for a time being but I didn't know all of that happened right. you know? I thought it was just a training yeah. thing, exercise yeah this this issue was fantastic it was really good uh, following up Star Wars huh, <laughs> is my pick of the week which is Joker number one this is I mean Let's be honest. If I tell you it's Joker number one and you don't want to buy it, then there's nothing I can do about it. Like, just by saying it's a number one story about Joker, that will be enough to get anyone to buy it as a Joker fan. Uh, but with that being said, this issue should have been called Commissioner Gordon number one or Jim Gordon number one because the only it has very little to do with Joker. It basically is Gordon growing up through the police ranks and then where he is now, which is... Not commissioner, but he's on the police force, I think, maybe. I'm not sure. No, he's not even in the police force anymore. I don't think he yeah, is. He's retired. He's re- retired because he promised Barbara, like, no, I'm I'm done. And Bullock wanted him to start a private eye company. He's like, really? I can't just go around taking pictures of people, their spouse, their cheating spouses. I'm too good for that, or I feel bad doing that. But it has a new contact that reaches out and says, hey... You survived the Joker of anybody that has been in the police force for however long, like the entirety of the existence of the Joker. You survived that. Um, he's gone underground. We think we know where he's at. We want you to hunt him down for us. And he's like, well, maybe, you know, it could be good to capture him and throw him behind bars. Like, no, 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 no. We want him dead. We want you to kill him. And so that is the moral quandary that he's in because they're going to pay him a lot of good money to kill the Joker. But at the same point, it's Jim Gordon. He's not going to just blatantly kill someone in cold blood. I don't know, but I'd kind of like to see a bounty hunter Commissioner Gordon. At, I mean, I'd be cool like, with that. That sounds good. I mean, we've seen Batman Commissioner Gordon when they did the, what was that, Rebirth? Or uh, New 52? That he had the mech suit. Oh, yeah. Batman stuff. So we've seen him. I wasn't a big fan of that story arc. No. Kind of blocked I mean, that one out. But I mean, we've seen him be a yeah. vigilante of sorts. Yeah. I mean, he was commissioned and by He the, was young then. Right. Now he's old, so I don't know. Well, I mean, he wasn't He wasn't young then. He was just, they, they gave him <laughs> hair dye. Like, even they talked about, yeah. like, oh, we gave you a haircut. You have to stop smoking. It will dye your hair so you look younger. He's like, but I'm still, like old doesn't matter you look young yeah inside so. the mexu because <laughs> everyone knew who he was he was publicly like no i am the new batman now um it was actually sanctioned by the gotham police department where they had their own blimps that had their his like his floating bat cave over and everything okay they really didn't make a whole lot of sense like oh if he's this old dude why is he super flexible and agile all of a sudden out of the blue? Like they didn't yeah. try to say, "Hey, here's a new serum drug that makes you younger again." Nothing. No, like, no. Nope. Was... Here's a robot suit that now you're young and act like Batman. It was really weird. Yeah, that reminds me how I noticed in this one he mentioned that he was dyeing his hair to look young too, but that... it still looked like the weird gray blue that I don't understand why that's. Well, I think they said he stopped dyeing his hair in this. Really, I thought he said he was. Um, okay, so maybe that's why it still looked yeah, I think, that weird grape. Because I want to say it was like Bullock that said, oh, you stopped dyeing your hair now or, or something like that. 
But yeah, he definitely has the gray hair and everything. Like, he looks like an old dude that has been through some stuff. But it was popular not long ago to dye your hair like this weird gray-blue shade. And, some, like, a bunch of girls at work were doing some it. Some people still do. I don't know why you <laughs> want to have gray hair prematurely, but I don't understand fashion, so. I'm 35 <laughs> and I'm getting gray hair. It's... See, I'm looking forward to my beard it's turning gray because... But... Then you can cast more spells. Exactly. They don't look more wizardly. Hmm. Uh, but this issue also has a backup story featuring Punchline. This is the first oh, time we've yeah. seen her since the Punchline one-shot of her getting arrested for the Joker War and saying, like, no, no, I didn't actually do any of that stuff. That's all uh, conjure. Like, you all think I did that just because I was buddied up with him, but I didn't actually do pull the trigger of the guns. And so it's more of her story, like, what's going on with her? Is she going to get in trouble is she gonna get off free who knows but yeah this is a two for her also like this week with batman stuff they did lots of stories and only two books so now that i've talked about all the joker we talked about star wars we talked about spider-man now talk about our heroes of the week comic book characters or creators or anything in the real life doesn't matter who would like to go first on this one? See, this is an actual question. I'm not just telling anybody this time. I'll go first because I'm ready. Hey, there we go. I'm going with Han Solo because <laughs> this issue, he was awesome. And I'm not going to go any farther because I don't want to give any spoilers, even though we, you know, we talked to the synopsis of the yeah. whole book. But, you know, just the way he went about this and Chewie was right beside him the whole time. So I'm going to go with Han Solo. And I'm going to go next and I'm going to say Princess Leia. Continuing my female theme of the, the first part and women's history and everything like that, Princess Leia, uh, because she was the one that actually told the tale about Han Solo. Yes. And she figured him out. Yeah. So. And Carrie Fisher is awesome also. Yeah. Right? So. There's right. another twofer. Yeah. It's, I mean, Carrie Fisher is Princess Leia. There's no two ways about it. She was more than just Princess Leia too. Right. But... Right, but yeah. Princess Leia was Carrie Fisher. That's right. Yep. Carrie Fisher transcended Leia. <laughs> so I right, you to finish this off with who is your hero of the week? Yeah, I was going to go back to Will Sliney again because of his hashtag we will draw movement during COVID. I thought that was a really cool heroic thing to do to distract children from annoying their parents. And keep artists busy so they don't go crazy doing nothing because everything was shut down. Yeah, I'm not sure. How many people worked on it with him? I guess I thought it was just him, but it might have been a whole movement of artists drawing. You have to look him up later on YouTube and see what kind of content he put out there. Yeah. That uh, mm-hmm. that does sound pretty neat. So yeah. with that, uh, I think it's safe to say thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, if you're listening, you should share this on social medias. So because why not? That Have more people listen to us and possibly tell us what to talk about because we don't at all struggle with what to talk about. That's not why we combined three things into one this week. It's St. Patrick's Day next week. That's why we did all this. Rather, well, that's why this week. Yeah. yeah. Who knows what we're going to talk about next week? I don't know. I sent you a couple ideas. Yeah. Check check your text messages. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Something we'll figure it out eventually. At least we'll figure it out off the air. How about that? There we go. <laughs> no, <laughs> keep recording. No. Keep us under pressure. Keep recording. I'll, I record how I edit this podcast also, so it's a never-ending cycle. Sure. Yeah, that's not going to go well. Oof. Inkblot likes listening to you edit. Yeah. You'll hear occasional jingle of her collarbell. 
Anyway, <laughs> we got enough on tangent on that one. We're not all stretching for time because we we ran short. But, Did we? I mean, a little bit. It's okay, though. Okay. Uh, yeah, thanks again for listening. Thanks again for sharing. Thanks again for being you. And a friend. And being a friend, yes. Uh, any other closing arguments? Nope. Jared, you look like you <laughs> want to say something, but you have nothing witty to come up with. Nope. I got nothing. All right. See you all next time. Good night.